Hello, beautiful humans, and welcome to episode 51. I feel like I always start these off by saying I'm so excited to bring today's episode to you, but I genuinely mean it. I sat down with my beautiful friend, Elise, who is not only an incredible women's personal trainer and online coach, she's also the co-founder of My Healthy Baby, which is a brand new business, which has been created to support people with their preconception journey. During the episode, Elise vulnerably shares her experience recovering from an eating disorder and gaining back her cycle after not having it for five years. We also touch on the areas of body image and social media. And specifically, we really chat to the areas of fertility, egg and sperm quality, preconception health and pregnancy and how you can best support your body both male and female, when preparing for conception through nutrition, training, and lifestyle factors. So I hope today's episode is super delicious and insightful for you. I absolutely loved it. And Elise is just the most beautiful soul. So without further ado, let's dive in. Hi, I'm Jessie, your host of the Jessie Williams podcast. I'm a personal trainer and women's online health coach, bringing you all things health, wellness, money, mindset, and just life in general. If you want to learn, laugh, and up-level your life, this is a podcast for you. Each episode, we'll talk habits, tips, tricks, and big ideas to nourish your mind and inspire you to create your dream life by design. Let's dive in. Elise, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited for our chat today, but before we dive in, I would love for you to tell everyone listening just a little bit about who you are and what you do. Yeah, so um, I am a women's fitness coach. I became qualified, I think, in 2016 and kind of landed my first job at a place that you would know, (laughs) Infinite Fitness. So I worked there for a bit and then not long after, probably like 12 months in, I decided to go out on my own um, and just started working from a my studio at home. So I decked out my garage into like a beautiful studio space and just trained girls from home. And then eventually I went online as well. So I had in-person clients um, and online clients as well. And that really worked perfectly because COVID kind of came into play a couple of months later. So I went fully online and I've been doing that for about three years now, three and a half years, but now kind of taking a different turn. um, My husband, Paul, and I have just uh, been creating a business called My Healthy Baby. So it's a prescription basis um, to help people with like preconception health. So we're like on the very tail end of that and we're going to be launching in hopefully about two weeks. So I'll be stepping back from coaching, um, but still in in the same way, like I still have that element of health and coaching people along the way. We're really about coaching people through changing their lifestyle and just becoming a more optimal version of themselves. So, yeah, we're really excited for that next adventure. 
That's so exciting. And I can't wait to dive into that um, topic of like preconception health and stuff, which I think will be a big theme for today. But before we dive into that, I would love if you would be open to sharing a little bit about your journey, especially being in the health and wellness space, your own journey specifically with body image. You know, I know you've gone through some highs and lows with that. So uh, yeah, I would love to hear if you could tell the audience just about like what your personal experience has been in that space. Yeah, well, I guess the thing that got me into coaching was through my own struggles through my body image. So from about the age of 16 to 21, um, I had quite a severe eating disorder. Um, So that was binge eating and throwing up. And I did that, yeah, pretty much my the whole six years, every day for six years. And then when I was about 21, I kind of went into my transition of recovery. And I guess for me, the thing that helped so much with my recovery was health and fitness. So really getting into my training, I got introduced to CrossFit and CrossFit, you know, is this amazing sport, which, you know, really cultivates that strong, Mm. strong woman, like lifting heavy weights, muscles. So that really helped me come out of that, um, I guess, holding on to that really tiny frame that I was you know, had this idea in my head that was the perfect body image. So I really got into my CrossFit, found a strength coach who helped me with my strength training. And I think when I when I went with my strength coach, I really started to understand how to move properly. Um, just having that one-on-one contact with him and seeing how much he was impacting my life, I thought, you know, this is exactly what I want to do and I want to be able to do this with other women so I kind of used my own journey to kind of use that as my, um, I guess, my power and like what I wanted to be able to do with other women. So that's when I decided to get into my coaching from there. And I guess I was definitely in a much better place. I had recovered from my eating disorder, but it's it definitely wasn't gone. I think I was still holding on to elements but just not in a way that really showed up Mm. properly. So in terms of just being a bit more restrictive with food, really holding on to this idea of of this body image as well. So being this strength coach where, you know, I'd created this platform on Instagram where women would comment on my body, body and say, you're so fit, like look at your abs. And I guess that just fueled me a lot to just keep being that person So although I definitely had a really great mindset and I trained for the pure love of it and fitness and strength, but I was still really holding onto this body image um, that I couldn't quite seem to let go of. And then this went on for quite a few years as well. I reckon I was about 24 when I came off the pill and coming off the pill, I never got my period back. And I knew this wasn't a good thing, but I think I was just so invested into my health and fitness that it just, I knew that I probably needed to stop training, put on weight to be able to get my cycle back. But I was just too focused on just being in that lifestyle. So it probably got to about, oh, I was about 28 years old and I still hadn't had my cycle back. And I was like, you know what? I've been putting this off for too long. I was getting injured constantly. I was getting muscle tears. 
fractures in my leg, exhausted, low libido, um, night sweats. And so I sourced out a Chinese medicine doctor um, who we're both familiar with, Lauren Curtin. Um, amazing. <laughs> yeah. Um, and she really opened my eyes up to so many things. I remember my first appointment with her. She said, all right, Lisa, I want you to tell me about your day. Just like, what do you do in a day? And I was like, okay, well, I get up at five, you know, I have my coffee first thing. I train clients at six till about 11. I go to the gym, train myself, come home, take my dog for a walk. And then I have clients again at three and then I finish up at five. And she was like, okay, so when, when do you stop? When do you chill out? And I was like, when I go to sleep, (laughs) she's like, no, (laughs) she's like, you need to be slowing down. She's like, Mm -hmm. there is just way too much intensity in your day. Like you, I was pretty much living in that fight or flight response. Yeah. And so she kind of gave me some tips and strategies to follow, to really wind down At first, I found that really hard. I had this feeling of guilt if I wasn't doing something. But the more I kind of cultivated that lifestyle, the more I started finding a better balance between my training, my job, and even just simple things at home like housework. I just really took a a step back from that. So I started working with her trying to regain my cycle. So she told me to train a bit less just for a period of time. So I started doing that started eating more food, but I was still tracking calories. So I would use my fitness pal to eat more food, but still be in control of how much food I was eating. So my heart just wasn't in it. I wanted my period back, but I still was too scared to let go of all the training I'd done my whole life. And this, the, the muscle I'd built, just all the progress I'd made over the years. So I did that for about nine months and still didn't get my period back. So I basically gave up. I had my wedding coming up and I was like, you know what? It's not working for me. I'm just going to start training. It will come back. You know, it's not like I'm never not going to get my period. So pretty much went on a European holiday with Paul, got married, came back, got straight back into everything, was running with a coach five, six days a week. My body fat started to drop again. I started to get injured more and more. And then I had a bit of a turning point and I had a really sore shin for a while. And I went on this run and I think I ran about 16 Ks through the most sorest leg, like pure agony. But being me, I just pushed through, Yeah. finished the run. The next day, went to step out of bed and I couldn't bear any weight on it. I saw my physio and he's like, you've got a second degree fracture on your leg. Like, you know, next it's, it would basically snap that for me. I I remember driving back from physio and sobbing in the car, like completely crying. And I was just like, I give up. Like I'm so exhausted. I'm so over this. So I got home, had a cry to Paul and I said, I'm going all in like tomorrow, day one, I am giving up everything I'm not training I'm not even gonna go go for walks like I'm just going to eat as much fruit as I can I'm really just letting go and I did I spent six weeks doing yoga breath work cold showers ice baths I found energy healers online and did some energy work 
And in six weeks, I regained my first period in five years. Crazy. Um, honestly, it was that that feeling of letting go, surrendering, trusting the process, and then getting my period back was that ultimately changed my life from then on. And I just feel like I've been on a really beautiful path since then. I eventually got back into training, but I had such better balance and I had a better understanding of my own body. I was more in tune. I was tracking my cycle naturally. I was learning how to train with my cycle. So training at different intensities, depending on when I was. And it was amazing because I still just kept getting a period every single month. And I was still training, running five days a week with my coach and strength training, but I just felt better. My muscles were thick. I had a good amount of body fat, but I genuinely felt really happy with who I was. So yeah. And then that kind of led me to having this desire to be a mum. And I think that was because all my female hormones were in sync. And before that, I felt so flat all the time. I was just like a flat line, like pretty much had the hormones of a male. Mm. So when I got my cycle back, I had those beautiful ebbs and flows and I felt, you know, flirty through my ovulation and, you know, I felt like inward during my luteal phase. So I was feeling all of that and I was kind of discovering who I was all over again. I was like, I can't believe I can feel different day to day where I always used to feel so the same. Um, yeah, so a couple of months in, I think I'd had about five cycles. I said to Paul, I really want to try for a baby next month. Like, I just really want to be a mum. You know, it might take us a while. I haven't had a period in so long. Like, so there could be a bit of trouble. So why don't we start now? So we tried that month and we were really lucky to succeed. So we um, fell pregnant and left for van life two weeks later. And here we are. (laughs) What a wild journey. And I love that because there's so many little pieces just from like, you know, our interactions and stuff together. And I remember even like a couple of years ago, us like talking about like babies and marriage and all these things. And you were just saying like, you didn't know you were like, neither here nor there when it came to having babies you just weren't even sure and then even that journey of you when you started seeing Lauren and you know I know you were eating more food and things like that but the training intensity was really there and it felt like this instantaneous from the outside this instantaneous pivotal moment where I saw from the outside that surrendering where you just fully let go and like watching that journey of you doing the breath work and the cold showers and you know the the way you showed up with nutrition and your yoga and all this kind of stuff and just being like I remember thinking in my head like wow like I wonder what's happened for because I could see that like I could so see it going from I want this but I'm not willing to go in to just the all in which is really beautiful so there you go it was it was the run and the shin which is it's just so interesting Another piece that I think is really cool for anyone listening is just bringing awareness to um, how you're commenting on people's bodies, you know, hearing you say how when everyone was saying, oh my God, you're so fit and you look so fantastic and how that can almost add fuel to your fire to maintain that physique. 
And I know I've had clients who have come to me who actually have had anorexia or disordered eating. And the reason being was they actually lost weight through a really stressful period of their time when um, they were actually going through trauma or loss or grief. And then everyone started congratulating them on how amazing they looked when they'd lost weight in such an unhealthy way. But once they were getting so much validation, they just were like, well, I can't put it back on now. So I think just being like mindful, bringing awareness to that piece around how you comment on people's bodies as well is really important too. Yeah, absolutely. And I think for me as well, I noticed just even when I saw people in person, there was always comments about the way that I looked. And even if I didn't really know them, they'd comment like on my shoulders or, you know, I'd be wearing a little crop and they'd say something about my abs. So it was just kind of like fueling the fire and without realizing it was kind of like subconsciously you didn't realize like how much those comments were just building on that identity that you're creating Mm. so I think um, one of the things that I really surrendered to during my journey was I stopped posting fitness videos on my Instagram which was a massive thing Um, I changed even just my Instagram name. It used to be Elise Fit. And I was like, I don't even want to be identified as the word fit. So I just put my name. I started just posting content of me during my surrender, like the whole process. And it was really cool because I really attracted a whole different audience. I had some people drop off who really followed me for that fitness side of things, but I didn't want that type of people I guess, following me, but then I've had people who have been through the whole journey who have seen me from the very get-go and then to now, and they're just like, it's been the most beautiful thing to see you transition into like this woman. So yeah, it's been really beautiful journey. Yeah, I completely agree. And being one of those people who's watched the whole journey, I can completely vouch for that, that it has been like so beautiful to witness. I would love to know, um, especially like now, because of this whole journey that you've been through is obviously what's led you to launch My Healthy Baby, which is so exciting. And I know a huge part of that is obviously fertility, but also like your education around period health or menstrual health and stuff like that. So what are some of the things like lifestyle changes or physical things that you have seen through either your own experience or just your education um, that can really support a healthy menstrual cycle? So I firstly, when I was during my journey, before I even got my period back, I started just reading heaps of fertility books just around um, the menstrual cycle. So I really started to find such a love and awe for the reproductive system. Um, And then when my period did arrive, I felt like I knew so much about what was actually happening and what hormones were taking place. One of the things I'd say is such a great thing for women to do is to actually understand how the menstrual cycle works and to track their cycle naturally. So whether, um, so that's through like checking cervical fluid, taking your temperature, you can even check cervical position as well. So that's a really great indication to see like exactly where you are in your cycle. And for me, that was so powerful through, I think just getting to know my cycle from the first period to the second period to the third. And then even when Paul and I were ready to conceive, I knew exactly where my fertile window was. I knew when my cervical fluid was most abundant. Um, And even down to the point where, after ovulation had taken place usually I would know what my cervical fluid does and would basically dry up 
But after Paul and I had tried for a baby and I knew I'd ovulated, I actually hadn't dried up after ovulation. And I straight away knew something was different. Mm. And I had this feeling that we had succeeded. So, um, and we had, so like, even knowing that just like those little changes that, Hey, this is different to a normal cycle. So I think that's a really powerful thing. Another really, um, thing that changed for both Paul and I, for both of our health and our fertility is toxins. So we just got rid of any unnatural products in our house. So what we cleaned with, what we put on, put on our skin, even the foods that we ate, we got rid of anything that was processed. We would look at all the packaging, you know, that had vegetable oils and all that sort of stuff in it. So um, it was kind of like a process of bit by bit. So once you start doing one thing, that's really good for your health. You kind of think, okay, well, I might as like, I can't then do this. It just kind of counteracts what I'm doing. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was like our toxins, our food, it was managing just, I think the stress in our body as well. So making sure we really created a nice habit in the morning and, you know, getting enough sleep, we would wake up together and not drink our coffee first thing in the in the morning. You know, we'd have water and we'd wait for like our central nervous system to kind of calm before we'd really dive into our day. So yeah, it was just kind of bit by bit. It just, we built upon it. And yeah, I'd say that your menstrual cycle is, it's an indication of what you're doing in your life. So, you know, even when it comes to having a really bad pain, like a painful period one month, you can kind of look at the months before and think, okay, what did my life look like a couple of months ago? Was I stressed? What was I eating? What was I doing? And that's really a reflection of your cycle for the next month. So yeah, we, we started kind of chatting about like what we'd been through and we kind of got motivation for this business idea together um, because Paul was on his journey through like changing his health and we thought, you know, like, why don't we start this like a couples kind of protocol where, you know, couples can work together and work on their health and we can kind of create like some sort of fertility program where we help people optimize their bodies before they conceive. And yeah, that's where the idea of my healthy baby really like came to play. So beautiful. And one of my favorite things about um, My Healthy Baby is that it also speaks to men because I think a lot of the time in just Western approaches to fertility and stuff like that, a lot of the pressures placed on the woman, to the woman to be fertile, the woman to make changes and the woman to do all of these things. But a lot of people actually really dismiss the fact that the male can have a large part of fertility health as well. So what are some of the things that you feel that you've seen between the differences for uh, males and females and like specifically are there things that males can do to you know increase um you know healthy sperm and stuff like that too yeah absolutely so it's funny if I go back to when it all started for Paul so we he'd actually it was when the breakout of COVID was really just happening so it was like March last year and he started to get really sick and he ended up getting pneumonia um quite a bad case we ended up in hospital with it we're kind of back and forth because they weren't letting people like go in because of all the criteria that you had to meet yeah found out he had pneumonia it lasted about two weeks and he was it was like a pretty tough time for him but like the thing is is that Paul was sick 
every single year. And if not once, it was a couple of times per year. He had a full-time job doing air conditioning, um, which is just full of being exposed to pollutions as well. Um, he didn't have the best diet. We would spend the weekends drinking with our friends and probably drinking like excessively. Really like going through a stage of just like trying to be nice and healthy during the week. But then the weekend we just had, we would just party with our friends. So yeah, he got sick and then he'd been better for like two days and we're sitting on the couch and we poured ourselves a red wine and Paul's like, what am I doing? He's like, I literally had pneumonia. I've got better like two days ago and I'm drinking wine. He's like, and it was like a real wake up call for both of us. So in that moment, we're like, let's stop drinking. So that was where we really... That was where the first kind of moment happened, um, like light bulb moment happened for Paul. Mm. And then it was his birthday and his family gives him challenges every year. So like depending on how old he's turning, they'll give him challenges. So it was his 30th. So they gave him 30 challenges and one of them was to get a sperm test. Um, So he got a sperm test done and he had a really poor sperm count um, and quality. So the sperm wasn't moving well and it was quite quite low and the doctor said like you're actually quite below average and Paul was thinking far out like I'm a fit healthy 30 year old guy and my sperm's average so again that was another thing that kind of just added to it so he'd been really curious about starting um, this carnivore diet so he got into that and then really cultivated this carnivore approach which was really it's like taking on ancestral eating so you just basically eat meat-based food but you also eliminate all products from your skin as well it was really about getting into just say we didn't weren't living in this modern world and we didn't have access to all these things and electronics it was pretty much living like that so that really started to change the way that Paul lived his life yeah kind of going back even before he started taking that approach like things for Paul he was sick he had mouth ulcers Um, again, low libido, like really low sex drive and just felt tired all the time. He would, I would often call him and he would be asleep at work, like on a roof. Um, So yeah, once he kind of cultivated that carnival diet and started taking a more healthy approach and really looking like internally at what he could be doing differently, we just started to notice differences and he started to feel better. The ulcers in his mouth went away, you know, sex drive went up. So we were having a great time. (laughs) Um, So we could really tell like both of us were thriving off each other. Mm. And yeah, so then when he got another sperm test, it had improved dramatically. And it was, he was like, okay, this is what I need to be doing. So for him, it was just like um, drinking water, like heaps of three to four liters of water a day, um, really focusing on like high fat, high protein. He eliminated all like processed foods, all toxins from his skin. He really delved into his sleep and like eliminating stress. So I think for guys from what as well, what I've been learning is how sensitive sperm is um, to the stresses of life and whether that be drinking alcohol, smoking cigarettes, just recreational marijuana and drugs but mostly as well just processed foods all those trans fats so it's really focusing on whole nutrient like rich foods um, really helps to improve testosterone levels and just like the actual health of sperm 
So cool. And I love how much the two of you, how you described it is you almost just like thriving off each other in both of your journeys as well. And I know something that I've kind of like seen for you, which is like, I think maybe Paul kind of was a little bit of an inspiration towards that path is your uh, transition with your nutrition as well, because I know you were following a vegan diet for a little while um, and then started introducing a little bit more animal products and stuff like that. So would you like to explain a little bit about why you decided to make those dietary changes as well? Yeah. So that was, that was quite a hard transition for me. I had been vegan probably for about seven months and I was vegetarian before that. So I reckon I'd been mostly plant-based for about 12 months all up. Paul, I saw him just thriving off what he was doing. And I would often listen to podcasts on plant-based diets. Paul would listen to podcasts on carnivore diets. And he would flick like a few over to me and be like, babe, just please just have a listen to this. So I'll be like, that's fine. Like I'll listen to it. I'm not going to, I'm not just one way of thinking. I'm pretty open-minded like that. So I started listening to some really incredible podcasts um, just on like the benefits of eating animal products for fertility and all the books that I was reading as well, all talked about foods that are really Uh, I guess, important for fertility health. Um, A really amazing book as well called Real Food Pregnancy. I started reading that, which was really good because she's not, it's not really a biased thing, like eat animal products only. She kind of spoke about like, if you're vegan, this is what you need to do. If you're vegetarian, this is the kind of food that you need to eat. eat. But still the, the main message in there was that like animal products is so necessary for preconception health and pregnancy to really nurture the reproductive system and a growing baby so I guess like I was reading up and listening to podcasts for a couple months and had a lot of resistance because I think once if anyone knows who is on a vegan diet you really start to look at animals in a completely different way Um, I almost thought like felt sick the thought of even eating a eating like eggs or introducing a bit of meat back into my diet. So it was hard, but I just started off quite slowly um, and started with some beef liver capsules so that I was getting the right nutrients, but didn't have to actually physically eat the animal. (laughs) And then, yeah, just slowly transitioned that back into my diet and it just got easier and easier. Um, I also was suffering quite bad digestive issues, just lots of bloating, constantly going to the toilet. And I think it was just the foods that I was eating on the vegan diet. I was trying to get all these nutrients from foods that I couldn't get through animal products. So I was just like loading my plate with like loads of veggies, trying to get protein through like heaps of soy products and fake meats as well. Um, And I would just be on the toilet most of the day in between clients, I'd have to like run to the toilet, just in heaps of discomfort. But I kind of just thought that although it was uncomfortable and Paul wasn't like that, I just thought that that was just my digestive system. And I'd kind of had that sort of digestive system since my eating disorder. So I always thought that that's just how it was. Um, But I noticed when I started eating more animal products and started cutting out all these processed foods, um, things like soy, all the vegetable oils and um, refined sugars and artificial flavors, my stomach just felt normal all the time. I stopped fighting. Um, 
yes, it's normal to fight, but <laughs> I, was, I was fighting a lot. And I just, for me, that was like a, a moment where I was like, Paul, I just don't fight anymore. Like, who am I? So yeah, I kind of realized that this is how my, my diet, digestive system should be like just one poo a day you know not having those cramps that come on or that trap gas or bloating and stuff like that so I just kind of found this balance of like what worked for me and yeah that's kind of how I started introducing animal products back into my diet and I, I did that for about six months before we conceived and before I conceived I was doing so much research into fertility and you know, the preconception health and what you should be focusing on. And I was really happy that when Paul and I decided to conceive that I had introduced animal products for at least six months and that, you know, it was a really great foundation to produce like those healthy sperm and egg cells. And yeah, when we did conceive, I just felt like I'd done everything that I could. So yeah, it was a bit of a journey. Yeah, so cool. And I love that you bring up uh, the digestive stuff as well, because I think so many people, like I would say definitely the majority of people having so many digestive issues, whether it's like bloating, gas, like um, almost like that trap wind feeling, whether it's like them going to the toilet, like there's just so many things and so many people almost suffering with it that it almost gets a little bit normalized, but it's not normal. And yeah. the interesting thing is like how much of your hormones and stuff like that um, and specific stuff is like created in the gut. And it just makes so much sense. Like even when you bring in the topic of libido and stuff like that so many people when they actually start eating in a way which is serving their digestion and stuff what they actually find is like an increased libido increase in energy um increase in mood and all this stuff and they think they they don't actually put two and two together it's because like you know your gut microbiome and stuff like that and what you're producing there is like has like a direct influence on all of those things yeah totally it's all connected it's so connected. So, and I think that's something that Paul definitely noticed as well when he started focusing more on his gut health, um, the way that his hormones changed and the way he felt, whether it was his energy levels and sleeping better, better focus throughout the day. And yeah, his sex drive, you know, it was just, it was so it was mainly coming through the foods that he was eating so mm. yeah it's really interesting how like closely connected it all is yeah something else I would love to ask you is um in relation to I guess like conceiving and some people if I guess if they're really lucky and really blessed they can just try and fall pregnant straight away or maybe they fall pregnant in a couple of months or whatever it is but what do you think are the key differences between like just trying to conceive to conceive versus actually making a intentional and conscious effort about preconception health so um, I guess if you had two different pe people and one person kept all of their lifestyle nutritional factors exactly the same and conceived versus person b actually made all of these changes and transitions whether it's like the cold therapy or changes to their sleep their food and stuff like that what are some of the differences that you think could happen between those two yeah it's really cool because Paul and I actually chat about that a lot because we say you know people can conceive and have a great pregnancy and have a baby without changing any of their lifestyle factors they could have been drinking excessively smoking eating bad foods um, you know not have really have a great kind of healthy lifestyle and they can still conceive and have a baby the, the difference is, I guess, is the quality of 
the egg and sperm cells before you conceive. So our focus is to really help people to create the most optimal version of themselves before they conceive so that they can create healthy egg and sperm cells, which affects the DNA of the baby. So your health before you fall pregnant determines the health of your baby. So, you know, you might have just say you're the person who didn't have a healthy lifestyle, fell pregnant, had a baby, you know, when your baby's or child is in their teens, they could start to have certain problems. Just say they had problems with asthma or they had problems with like dental decay or bone density and stuff like that, or even weight issues can all start from utero. So, you know, the the thing that's different is the health before you fall pregnant can really help determine the health of your child. So that's why we kind of came up with the name My Healthy Baby, because we want people to be healthy and in turn create a really healthy baby. So what you do really affects the vitality of your baby and its future. So the DNA that you pass on. So yeah, both can conceive as well, but yeah, one, you'll definitely have create a healthier baby which is great for their future and as well it does help increase the chances of falling pregnant the healthier you are the more it increases your chances because that process of fertilization implantation is so delicate so if you can really support that process whether it be through the foods that you're eating or how you cultivate managing your stress during those delicate stages can really have like a huge impact So they're probably the two differences. Yeah. Yeah. That's so beautiful. And I love that. And something like, I just think is so incredibly underrated is like considering like the DNA and stuff that you're creating with your future baby, which is awesome. So let's dive into my healthy baby, because obviously like you've touched on a little bit about, I guess, why why you birthed it and created it and what really inspired it. But can you chat to us a little bit about what my healthy baby is? Yeah, so basically it's a subscription box. So we've got a male box and a female box. They're both pretty similar, except there's two products in there that are different to each other. Now, these products in here are not so much like fertility products. They're more so products that are really important and essential for overall health and, you know, products that are good for our overall health will then affect our fertility as well. Like they go hand in hand. Mm. So, you know, whether someone's trying to conceive or not, these products are really, really good for your health. And then in the box, there's a set of protocol cards. So the females will have three protocols that they focus on for the month. The guys will also have three protocols. So Paul chose his three protocols for the guys and I chose three for the girls. We really wanted to have that element of, you know, Paul speaking to the guys and I speak to the girls because we are so different. Mm. Um, So month one, uh, you'd have your box of supplements, which would last you a month and you'll have three protocols that you focus on. So just say month one is reducing toxic exposure. You know, protocol one would be eliminate, like only use natural products Um, drink filtered water, that sort of stuff. So you have three protocols that you focus on for the month. And then along with that, you'd get um, a month of just education and tips and strategies from myself and Paul, just helping educate you. I guess so we're not just like giving people things and being like, okay, take this product 
um, to, and do these protocols. Like we, want, we really want to educate people about the awareness of toxins and what they can really do to help their life so they can do it forever. So once they've done month one, they would get sent another box. So month two and month two will focus on nutrition. So there'll be three protocols for nutrition. So it might be um, eliminate processed foods, eat a macro balanced diet. So making sure you've got a good balance of like proteins, fats and, and carbohydrates. So again, you'll then get sent some tips and education about nutrition and why it's important for preconception health. And Paul will have his emails for the guys as well, kind of directing them in ways that they can improve their testosterone and like their hormonal levels. And then it moves on to month three. So really like for us, the longer someone does our boxes for, the more value and education they get. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we would love people, we say three months minimum because it takes about three months to produce healthy egg and sperm cells. But the longer, the better, because if you're kind of cultivating a really healthy approach for a longer period of time, you're more likely to really do that for the rest of your life yeah so we want people kind of you know we didn't want to give people boxed and and it had all right do this 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 and this because they probably would be like okay that's like too much so we wanted to like ease people in with grace like month one just focus on these three things that's all you got to do month two focus on these three things so like you're building upon and building upon like these really good habits so that, you know, when you do decide to fall pregnant and conceive, like these are habits and you then carry on through to your life forever. Mm, so cool. So cool. And I think like even someone who isn't considering, you know, falling pregnant right away, even if it's like in 12 months from now, something like that would still be fantastic to kind of like set you up and start building that sustainable lifestyle approach rather than just making it something where you do just do it for this short stint of time just to conceive, really looking at it as like, changing I guess the trajectory of your life and how you show up for yourself and your body which is so beautiful absolutely because the thing is is like everything that Paul and I are wanting to teach people um we still do for ourselves now like this is just how we live our life Mm. and I'm now like pregnant and gonna have a baby in four weeks and I still do everything that I've been putting into the business and wanting people to be like our customers to be doing and we'll do this for the rest of our life so that's really what we we want it to be about we really want to try help people I guess change their lifestyle and become aware of things that they might not be aware of. Mm, yeah that's so awesome what is some of the things like that you feel that you're doing whether it's your nutrition whether it's like your exercise or movement whether it's lifestyle stuff what are the things that you're doing to feel like you're having um, the best possible pregnancy you can have I'd say my diet has been really great and I think ensuring that I was really fueling myself before I fell pregnant I feel like I came into pregnancy with really good nutrition stores like I I didn't go into pregnancy in a depleted state so I felt genuinely really good Um, I guess the first trimester was pretty rough I felt so sick up until 12 weeks so it was hard I couldn't eat any meat any eggs like I couldn't even stand the smell of it So I was eating pretty bad foods. I could only eat potato chips and stuff like that. And I remember feeling really stressed at one stage and I was like, Paul, this is horrible. Like, you know, I'm just feeding the baby bad food. And he's like, Alicia, you need to stress less. Like 
you fueled yourself so well before you fell pregnant, like the baby takes all the essential nutrients and you're kind of left with what's left over. So yeah, as soon as like my nausea went away and I kind of entered the second trimester, I was able to eat better foods again. And yeah, I I think all my food that I eat during my pregnancy, I have intent behind it. I definitely have days where like, you know, I just felt like having some plain toast and, you know, we'd go out somewhere and I'd grab myself like a takeaway burger or whatever. But that was probably out of the pregnancy, like 95% of the time. Um, Otherwise, I really love to eat with intent and be like, okay, what food what nutrients is this food providing me and my baby? And it kind of is just like, gives me this really good purpose behind what I'm doing. And I think it's why I've just felt like I've had really good energy levels. Yeah. Just felt strong. Like I've still trained through my pregnancy and yeah. So I just think nurturing myself through food and movement has been really good. Even coming into pregnancy, feeling quite strong. I'm definitely feeling a lot slower now, which is only natural, but yeah, making sure that I was nice and strong and fit leading into pregnancy and having uh, already adopting really good eating habits is, is really good. And which is another reason why it would be great for people to kind of invest in that way of living before you fall pregnant, because you'll carry that through to your pregnancy and you'll have really good eating habits through your pregnancy. Mm, Yes. My last sort of question for you, um, and keeping in mind, obviously, things don't always go to plan, but is there anything in particular you feel that you're doing to have the best possible birth experience or recovery post-birth? Yeah, so I think for me, the birth experience experience has been a really important part for me. I think from, I remember, oh gosh, I was two weeks pregnant And I had found this lady in Byron Bay and she has a birth house. And for me, I just, I couldn't see myself giving birth in a hospital. I think partly because I spent so much time in the hospital when I was a younger child. I just, I was kind of in and out of hospital for, because I was quite unwell. So for me, being in the hospital wasn't a space that I felt like I would feel really safe and in my in my natural element. So I found this lady who had a birth house in Byron Bay and I was living in Melbourne at the time, but I still saved her page on, in my Instagram and was like, hmm, maybe one day I'll end up like, who knows what will happen. I could connect with this lady. Anyway, fell pregnant two weeks into my pregnancy and I contacted her and I was like, I'm going to be traveling in a van and I don't know where I'll be at certain times, but I know I want to make my way back to Byron and, and birth with you. So I chose her and I started reading just different books, only watching positive birth stories as well, you know, listening to positive birth stories and really surrounding my, I'd say probably my social media. I really surrounded it with women who had the same vision of me as like really cultivating that, I guess, like a home birth setting, which is what felt really natural and comfortable for me. So yeah, that's been really, that's really helped me just educating myself about birth and the process of how like beautiful and innate and like, just it's such a, yeah, I guess an innate thing that we, that we can do. And I really trust in the process of birth. I trust in my, my body and I trust in my baby 
And I did a lot of journal journaling around that as well. Um, and as well, making sure that Paul was on board with me and educating him about birth. Um, because I remember when I told him first that I wasn't going to be birthing in the hospital. Yeah, we had a bit of conflict between each other because he was just like, that's so unsafe. Like, you can't do that. You know, I don't know why you do that. And but the more that I educated him and then when he met our midwife, Bronwyn, and then we've had some birth classes with him, he was just like, wow, like I, I can't see you giving birth anywhere else. So, yeah, it's been really important for me to just really protect my energy with that and make sure I'm not taking on too much of like any external sources of anyone else's um, experiences because everyone has a different experience. I, I don't think I've spoken to one person who's had a baby who has had the same experience, but I have found that a lot of people like to tell you about their experience and that that's how your experience will be as well. So it's really important to kind of listen, but just like brush it off at the mm. same time. Just know that I have my vision and I feed my vision like every day. I picture it like it's already happened. Yeah, that's been a really important process for me. And as for the recovery, I'd say nutrition as well. I, I actually can recommend a really beautiful book called The First 40 Days. Um, and it's all about nourishing the new mother. And it's just really focuses on the first 40 days post-birth and how important that is for, you know, a woman to, to rest, a woman to be nurtured by other women, by her, whoever support she's got around her um, and eating foods that really help her digestion and, yeah, that recovery process rather than that kind of bounce back culture as mm. well, which is really, really important. So that's something that, you know, I speak to Paul a lot about and he's really, like, excited to be on that journey with me afterwards as well and helping me you know, make sure that I'm resting as much as possible and just eating really good food afterwards. And, you know, my mum's coming up to New South Wales in a couple of weeks and we're going to do heaps, heaps of food prep and just fill the freezer with like beautiful slow cooked meals and stuff like that. So I'm excited for that recovery phase. Yeah. Beautiful. I'm so excited for you. Um, and I'm sure it's going to be such a beautiful journey. And yeah, can't wait to see little bubs, which is how far now? Four weeks. Four weeks. So exciting. <laughs> yeah, you're due right near my sister-in-law. My sister-in-law's due in four weeks as well. Yeah, so exciting. So it's um, yeah, probably going to be a Leo baby like you. Yes. All that Leo energy. I love it. Thank you so much, Elise. This has been absolutely incredible. I'm going to pop some links um, below for My Healthy Baby if anyone's interested in that and checking out. As Elise said, she'll be launching in a couple of weeks, which is so exciting. But yeah, thank you so much for sharing with us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's been nice connecting with you. It's been way too long. <laughs>